welcome back again to the Iconist Podcast. We're still going so strong. We love it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Thank you for like, subscribing, and sharing. Thank you for rating and reviewing. Thank you for all of that. But we got to ask you one more thing. We have a community tab on our YouTube page, and we want you to participate in that more. We have a lot of polls that are still open, that are still going on strong, uh, and, and we need a little bit more participation. So we know for a lot of you that listen, you might not be subscribed to the page. Subscribe to the page. Help us keep growing, uh, and we'll keep doing what we love to do for you, and we really love doing that for you. So it's really like a, a, a fan service. You know, you help us, we help you. It's like, you do a little something to me, we do a little something for you. All right, cool. On that note, we go go through the, 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 the round table as usual. We go do this real quick. So remember, support the book, support the book, support the books. So please, if you're out in uh, Kitchener, go to Wild Comics, check out uh, Wes and the rest of the guys. Tell them we said hi, and you know they'll definitely treat you right. And if you're out in Montreal, to our fans there, please go and check out Check Swings on the South Shore. Tell Trevor, the rest of the guys that we said hi from the Iconist podcast, they'll definitely treat you right also. They've really been supporters of this show. I, I was just there recently uh, a little while ago just saying hi to the guys there. So I'm going to post a, a picture or two from that, you know, uh, escapade. Uh, on that, also remember, uh, Brandy Ford, she has the Writer in the Wit subscription magazine that comes out monthly that does things comedy and beyond that. So please subscribe to that. Her links are down below. She's showing us a little bit of uh, shout outs there. And we just want to make sure we shout that out back to her and, and just spread the love. There's more than going on than that. And then, of course, there's also a podcast I used to mention before, Back to the Balcony with Jimmy England. He's still going. He just celebrated. He, he didn't get a chance to do his 100th episode celebration, so we just did that recently. It's coming out shortly. He's actually got 177 episodes. But I'm on that 100th episode, so uh, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll link that down below, too. And um, I know we just they just played a little while ago, but we're going to be doing some more shows. So if you want to see where I'm going to be live, Please look at the link down below or for those listening, Barry3D.com, you know, Barry, B-A, not B-E. So uh, Barry3D.com, that has all my links, everything where I'm going to be for doing shows, everything like that. And the guys I roll with, that's a touch of gray matter. That's myself, uh, Zolf Ali and Dave Sekulowski. Please keep an eye out for it. We're doing stuff live. And Dave's always doing some fundraisers for the homeless and food banks and shelters and so forth with the widow's son. So keep an eye out, you know, via through me for his stuff. And, you know, help help make the world a better place than it is today. That's all we got to do. Make it a better place when you wake up in the morning than it was the night before. Sweet. On my side, as always, I'm here with my the man, the myth, the legend, my co-host, my cousin, my best friend, the one that kind of balances the show out also. And he couldn't do it and wouldn't want to do it without him. Never. The one and only. DJ Roxy. Good day, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Iconist. The icon is something, if you read a problem there, you'll see it right there, but I'm not going to say it right now, so we still got maybe one or two more housekeeping to do. <laughs> right, right, right. As usual, if you want to do something like what we're doing, right, so you want to go and maybe start a podcast yourself, then definitely go to Podbean. That's where we have our main hosting for all our episodes from episode one to up this episode right now. So it's over 100 episodes we've got on there. So podbean.com, if you want to find us, then definitely check out iconist.podbean.com to find all our main stuff. And then you can also like and, and, and follow us there, too. And then any other place you want to turn around and support it there. And last but not least, if you're doing a podcast, you're going to need a couple of different things. One, for sure, you're going to need a logo. You're going to need some kind of template if you're going to also do a video version of it like we do also. 
And remember, there's only one person you really should be reaching out to uh, that'll give you a discount. If you, if you tell him that you heard about him here on the Iconist Podcast, he will give you a discount. Rod, who are we talking about? Jay Bird Digital Art. Jay Bird Digital Arts. Jason, thank you so much. He'll hook you up. Can't go wrong. And as I said, if you're going to start something new, start it off smart with your for your wallet. Reach out to Jay. Say you heard about Iconis. Get that discount. And then have your own funds kicking it off. All right. There you go. I think we got it done in record time. Here we go. Nice. Now, you've seen it. You see the title, Dungeons and Dragons. You think you know about it. Okay, fine. Uh, maybe you're fans of it, you know, fans of it. So are we, mm. in all senses of the word. So mm. that's what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon, fan theory, iconic mm. style. Okay, let's do it. That's it. So the icon is Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon. Here we go. And how it can go, maybe up to now, we'll start some little tidbits in there. Just our thoughts and theories about that roundtable discussion. So let me kick this off. Rod, mm. back in the day, now, whatever, have you played the game Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, I played it not as as thorough as yourself. I I will. I know my lane. <laughs> I know my lane when it comes to d and I right. know my lane. I may just go and just confuse the party I'm with. I may have us leading into an area. I may just say, I'm going to shoot an arrow over here and hit some innocent person who's just carrying milk for her child, you know, from the local market. I might just upset the whole crusade. I'll just stay in the back. I'll just watch. Are we here? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? What do you want me to do? I'll stay over on this side. Just call me when you need me. Wow, that's okay, my roll. Because you know what? That's my roll. With that bow and arrow, that's called rolling the one. All right, don't want to roll the one because when you roll a one, everything goes wrong on a, in a D20. We know that. We know that. Yes, yeah, so I'm a huge fan of it. You know what I'm talking about? Right, right. Okay, yeah. Take on a life, but I didn't realize it. I'd be taking on someone's life, and, I, and then the whole, you know, that whole village come after us. Mm. Mm. Messed up our party. No, no, no. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll be the bad luck charm. People mm. leaving by the, the foot of the hill as they go up, you know, go up the hill. Into the caves to get the treasure. You're mm-hmm. not getting a portion because you just you just being bad luck to us. <laughs> yeah, and the famous words. This is uh, I'm Leroy Jenkins. I got this. Uh, <laughs> anyone who hears it, seen that meme, you know what I'm talking about. It's all over. Yeah, that Leroy Jenkins thing is funny, right? So Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I'm I'm a fan of it. I've been playing. I played the game many different years, different versions over time. I got introduced to it uh, way back in the day. Way, way, way back in the day. But, you know, even before I was introduced to it, the game had to be created, right? So here we go. So this game was created back in 1974 by Gary Garrix and Dave Arnson. Now, Gary Garrix is seen as the godfather of tabletop games, and he's worked on other ones. But then he kind of got into the uh, Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, making that game come to life because he was a fan of, obviously, Lord of the Rings fantasy games he was doing like i guess like um war games before and he kind of worked out that system on how it should be and you know how he envisioned it to be so it's it started off with some guy in a garage like we say at the end of every episode this episode it was started off with a pencil a piece of paper and a lot of imagination and here we are talking about dungeons and dragons and, and the and the 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 i can't even the, the, it's just grown it's it's, it's just its own it, it it started off that way and it's still played that way and it's a good time, you know, so it, it's more than a choose your own adventure, but maybe it's less than writing a full out novel 
that you're getting published because every dungeon master, every DM is either using a story that's in a module and then just telling the tale and setting the mood and, and keeping everyone in line to get to the end there uh, within the confines of that story, or they're making up their own dungeons and, and own adventures, their own modules, so to speak, from scratch. Mm -hmm. There's better storytelling in them than some of the novels that we read that you buy from Barnes and Nobles or or, or where people buying their books these days. Uh, Indigo, uh, chapters, calls, whatever. Right, right. There we go. Okay, so that this is what it is, and it gets the the the, the imagination going. Uh, it gives you so much. It's such a rich world. And as I said, back in 1974, and this thing is still going up to now. And so even though. It changed hands from publishing because it started off from TSR publishers and then they got bought out by Wizards of the Coast in 1997 till present date. And then there was different versions of D&D, you know. Uh, so it started off with, you know, the I remember the basic set. Basic, basic, mm -hmm. right? And then the basic set, you didn't have what we had when you got the advanced basic set. You, you, you either played, you know, your character classes were limited. So it's either you were a fighter a magic user, a cleric, an elf. There okay. was, there, yeah, yeah, and an elf was like a multi-class character, and that was their basic set. And you know, you started off and go through what you think a Dungeon and Dragon thing would be. You got your adventurers, you make your roles to get mm -hmm. their abilities, right for their strength, intelligence, wisdom, dexterity, constitution, charisma, which adds to your hit points. Your, your armor class, what, you know, what it needs to roll something to hit you on that way. And that's how this whole thing started with that imagination. And then it just kept going and going, and then it got advanced. And then advanced brought in different character classes. So then you had, you know, uh, for over time, I'm not saying chronological order, but, you know, they had the fighter class. Then it said, well, we've seen other movies. What, what would be a fighter, subclass of a fighter class? A fighter class is just like a fighter. And then people mm -hmm. started doing subclasses. And then it was like, well, uh, the Paladin, Holy Knight. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the Holy Knights. Okay, yeah, okay, that's a subclass. What's oh, another subclass? Cavaliers. Oh, okay. So to explain it to our readers, or, or sorry, people that are watching who might not be familiar, uh, a fighter is pretty much that. He's a guy that walks in there, and um, I, I'd have to picture who would be a fighter in, in mythology, or sorry, in movies we've seen before. I know, say, okay, so Conan the Barbarian, that's a subclass of a fighter. Okay, that's a barbarian. All right, gotcha. There's, there's ways about that. Um, you know, then you had the uh, Paladin, Holy Knight. So if you look at King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, right. Lancelot would be considered a Paladin, but King Arthur is a Cavalier. He's the one on the horse with the jousting and the sword fighting on horseback. So there's slight differences. Holy Knight has magical powers. Cavalier has a little different things for fighting abilities. So there, there's why where some of the differences would be. You know, so goes on and on. But then, oh, God bless, God bless the 80s. God, <laughs> for real, God bless the 80s. We got that beautiful cartoon, Dungeons and Dragons. You know, welcome to the world of Iconis. I mean, welcome to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. There we go. And Rod, were you a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, a cartoon? I was. I was. Um, it was definitely something that I enjoyed watching every time it came on every saturday morning when it was on uh every week it was a great way to just broaden your imagination i was the type of person who 
grew up around that same time. I was always reading those type of um, wizards type of books, uh, Lord of the Ring, right? Uh, anything that anything that has that type of knightlyhood, King Arthur type of realm, uh, elves, dwarves, anything in that realm. And I know it sounds like I'm putting it together in a separate, but it, it just like that type of mystical type of imagination where you know spells were was the leading factor for any type of action uh bravery like i'm gonna go you know fight a dragon or anything in that regard so yes it was it was definitely it was definitely something that's why i knew i i liked um uh, D itself definitely through you and everything along that line right but when i start to understand how in tune you have to be and i'm like yeah i i I don't know if I could, I would say something and then Dungeon Master's like, mm -mm, that don't work. And I'm like, but, but, but. and I'm like, you know what? I know my lane. I know my lane. I'm just, I'll just stay in the back. Like, you know, I'm by the cart. I'm by the cart with, with, with the, with the apple cart guy. I'm like, yo, you good? Yeah. What's your troops doing? They're, they're going ahead. Uh, let me, let me buy some apples for them. And that's uh. it. That, that's, that's my role. I'll just chill. All right. You need me? I'm here. Right on. <laughs> right on. Right on. So, and that's the whole thing, right? Because the cartoon, so the cartoon turned around and it debuted in 1983, ran for three seasons, at, you know, uh, 27 episodes, and it had one unreleased episode at the end that mm -hmm. you could find on YouTube right now that they turned around and they did the audio for that episode. The actress who played, uh, the voice actress that played Sheila came back to voice her character and they got snippets from older episodes to kind of fill it in. And then they really, fans turned around and animated it what the last episode should look like. So, Four here, and this is what goes into the whole, while we're talking about it, or our fan theory about it, is in there, there were six characters. So there were six teenagers, and these teenagers uh, went one day to an amusement park, just like a normal, regular amusement park, and they went, oh, look, it's the Dungeons and Dragons ride. Let's get on it. And they got on that ride, and while they're on the ride, it's kind of like, a, it's like a roller coaster, but it's going through a tunnel, and then things started happening, uh, and all of a sudden, the, the, the roller coaster kind of disintegrates, breaks apart, and boom, they get zapped into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. <gasps> you know, and then on top of a, you know, they're dressed in their out, their clothes all change. They're mm -hmm. they're standing there in in an open desert kind of thing, where or, or, or you know, forest and caves around, and they're like, "What's going on?" And they're making noise like, "Hello, hello," and all of a sudden, Tiamat. So Tiamat is the goddess of dragons. So Tiamat has seven different heads, I believe it is, one for each style of dragon. So black dragon, silver dragon, gold dragon, and, and, and green dragon. They all breathe out different, you know, not all dra red dragon. Red dragon is flames. Green dragon does, I think, like, you know, acid black dragon. No, black dragon is acid. Green dragon does uh, poisonous smoke, yada, yada, yada. It goes on, uh, mm -hmm. you know. And they're standing like, oh my gosh, this huge multi-headed dragon is looking at them called Tiamat, and she's a goddess of dragons. That's their first encounter in this land. And they're standing there, their clothes are all gone. They're in jeans and t-shirts and so forth right. with certain colors. And now they're standing there in uh, a, a clothes that are appropriate for the, the time and the, the time environment. That, in, and the environment it's still the same color scheme. So for example, Hank was in green. Well, then now he's got a green tunic on with tights and you know brown boots as, and he's like what the heck they start to run and then dungeon master is there and this is the old intro and dungeon master is a little guy short little guy white hair bald red robe 
and, and he comes up and he's like, oh, and he points and he goes, Ranger. And when he's pointing to each one and telling them what their classes are, he gives them a magical item. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ranger gets the uh, bow and the, the Cavalier, which is Eric, gets the shield that makes a force field. And Diana, who is an acrobat, which is a subclass at the time of the thief. So thief acrobat. So she's the acrobat. She gets a, a staff that can extend into whatever it is. And then Presto, who's into magic, he gets a magic hat that he can pull. So she gets a magic staff. He gets a magic hat that he can pull, you know, anything he I, casts a magic, you know, spell of. And then it's got um, Sheila, who's the thief, who gets a cloak of invisibility. And then her younger brother, Bobby, who's the barbarian, who gets a thunder club. He gets a club, and if he hits on the ground, it causes like a minor earthquake tremor. And then they see this baby unicorn that they re- namely call Uni. So it's like having a cat and calling it cat, uh, kitten calling it kit. There we go. Uh, and that's it. And they, they rescue Uni, and Uni's able to teleport once they at Uni concentrate. So that is pretty much what it is in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. They get pulled in there, and their whole thing is to help the people in the land and to find a way home back to their present day. That That's the whole premise of the show. But now, this is the closest thing that we're going to get to Dungeons and Dragons being fleshed out before a movie, uh, before a comic book, anything that was the first foray that CBS turned around and said, hey, we're going to give them this. And I'm like, okay. And it gave you true character classes along with true monsters from the Monster Manual and and some from the Fiend Folio. And then you have the, the main guy there, the main person they're trying to fight, uh, Avenger. Spirit of Vengeance. You know, he had like wings, but he never really flew because he had a horse that was a nightmare meaning it was a black horse with flaming hoofs, flaming eyes. And then he had a shadow fiend that was his minion. So he used to have shadows, literally as it is. It's just a floating shadow that can communicate in the monster manual. But in the fiend folio, they upped it, the fiend, the, the shadow fiend. So he got little wings and he got little horns. And that was his uh, sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a comic sidekick. I mean, like, it was the one that's like, I need you to do this. All right. And he was going to do whatever I had to do. So that was... The essence of Dungeons and Dragons. You teleport it, gotta find a way home. Say what? It's 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 a nice way if you they they took some good tropes, gotta say it like that. The, the good yeah. tropes in the sense of we have a team now and our mission is to get back home. On the while trying to find that, they ended up helping out people. And a lot of times that whatever um, whatever crusade, whatever part, like whatever task that they had to do, actually helped them get one step closer to, you know, solving the riddle or solving the, the, the mystery of why they got there and how to get themselves back. Right. So it, it was, it was, it was a good way. It's a learning, it was a lot of, a lot of learning, um, in the windows, just giving an understanding of how to work together. Cause yes, they were friends. In the 80s, in 1980, they were friends and everything along that line. You know, you know, all of the friends and they have, you know, Sheila brings her little baby brother type of scenario. But we're realizing now in this particular realm, they have to work together, work as a successful party to, you know, to basically uh, finish whatever tasks were put before them 
Uh, not even even directly by Dungeon Master. We'll get to we'll get to that individual very shortly. Yeah, um, yeah. But 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 the the, the show was uh, it was a good way of showing like you know what we we can't just like they have to you know they got to stretch it as many as long as it's possible. So you're in a particular realm. You got to help out the people. How about how about the people that you know of the local land and in and in search of getting yourself home. So yeah, it was a great it was a great trope a great uh plot that they put out every single week and you always ran back to watch it and saying oh how are they going to get through this one now and well that's it and 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 that's the beauty of it of the show i mean at the time we didn't have much that was going on you know mm-hmm. with, with dungeon dragons the show you know from paper yes there was a movie with tom hanks and it was tom hanks first role that i can't remember the name of the movie right now that was almost with dungeons and dragons and it, it started to cause some controversy because of a story it was based off of um, it was kind of a true-ish story, um, you know. And as I said, it was Tom Hanks' first acting role. Ma- mazes and Monsters. That's it. Thank you. Mazes and Monsters. So Mazes and Monsters, what happened was you had some parents, and they turned around and they they they, they, they said that their son um, ran away from home, mm-hmm. couldn't find him. And people are just different versions, but the son ran away from home and both to commit suicide, and they are blaming... Dungeons and Dragons because he started reading it. it. It looked demonic because it had monsters on the covers of the hardcover rule books, right? So he had the, the players, the players' handbook, and everyone, you know, if you look it up, you see the players' handbook advanced edition. You see the, you know, there's a big giant demon on there, a statue of a demon, but you see the party members are like kind of looting the gems out of its eyes. Okay, so parents saw that went, oh my gosh, it's demon worshiping. Don't want that. Didn't understand the concept. Their kid goes missing. And says, well, I ran away from home because, you know, uh, I was told to do so. I was on a quest, blah, 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 blah. Instead of the parents really looking at the mental health of that child. And when I say child, I mean, the person was a teenager. When they start, Instead of looking at the mental health of their, their child, they turned around and said, oh, it was Dungeons and Dragons that influenced this person to do it. And then at one point, the, the, I think the person said he, 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 but they, he ran away from home. And then they found him later on. They, they couldn't find him. And then they found him, I think, living in a sewer or something like that. You know, anyways, then this parlayed into a book which got put into a uh, a tv movie which was called mazes and monsters and it was tom hanks first acting role back then but this brought so much negativity heat to it i remember my parents saying you know my mom was like barry i just heard this story you got to stop playing that game we got to throw in all the books and i'm like no you're not throwing all these books these books cost me like 20 something 30 dollars a piece uh, mm. that's a lot of money and i go what, what do you mean demon worshiping where do, where do you get that from the, the, the keep in mind, this is before the internet. So can you imagine if the internet existed when that happened? Hard facts. Yeah. Hard facts. So yeah. this was a lot of going back and forth. And at one point, I used to be angry at Tom Hanks. Like, how can you do this role to turn around and criticize a game and make and put it in a bad light? You know, because in the movie, he plays a dungeon master with a group of friends. They grow up. He has a nervous breakdown. He never gets out of that mindset that he's not 14, 15 anymore. His friends have moved on. They've gotten married. Uh, and then he's living in a home. And, you know, the mother of Tom Hanks' character says, look, you got to come and visit him, at least to say hi. And he goes, okay, one more quest. And then he takes it and he goes on playing it like he's stolen the quest. He dresses in a long robe. He's walking through the cities of New, city of New York. And he walks to the top of the building, believing that he has a ring of flight or a robe of flight, something like that. And he's almost ready to walk off the top of this building when his friends had to kind of go and retrace his steps and find him and talk him down. Right. Dungeons and Dragons will never make you do that. 
Okay. Okay. There's other things in life that will make you do that. And that's like <laughs> substance abuse. If you have that, please reach out to someone, get some help. You know, uh, there's more to life than what you can put into your system. Got it. All right. That's my only serious note there. But that's what, what it came down to now, because a lot of parents either saw the synopsis of that, uh, you know, in, in TV guide, that's to show you how far back we're going. Um, they heard it, brought it from a friend, from a friend, from a friend, like a Ferris Bueller day off moment. Then, and every parent turned around and said, does your son play Dungeons and Dragons? And then it was on the news too. It was almost like every news outlet at the time was Fox News, giving out that misinformation to a moment, <laughs> you know, research your stuff. Okay. So it, it made it harder. And it, and, and I'm important. It, it passed. It passed. Hmm. But that was the only thing. So it was either the game. Uh, so before the, 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 the Dungeons and Dragons TV uh, cartoon came out, we had to deal with mazes and monsters. So Dungeons and Dragons started to show this in a positive light as a Saturday morning cartoon which Saturday morning cartoons have got to go through so much censorship that parents had to say, oh, maybe it's not as bad as we thought. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, during those times, I mean, you got to look at it definitely in the 80s, the 70s and 80s, and even in the 90s. But, you know, whenever there's something that is uncomfortable, it is different, it's always going to be targeted. Yeah. It's now showing, it's now showing people in the line like they think it's synthetic. They think it's pornographic because, you know, you're seeing individuals drawn out to be in what they would consider, you know, skimpy clothes. But it's not skimpy yeah. clothes per se, but it's as part of the character that was portrayed. This is where everybody was seeing, again, having people who dressed up like wizards thinking, oh, someone's losing it. Really? Magic is real? Magic is not real, son. You shouldn't be thinking about that. But not, not accepting the imagination that this yes. game portrayed. So it was always like like that. So yeah, I mean, I'll even say for myself, in a sense of like parlaying to like He-Man and stuff like that. My right. brother, my like, ah, no, no, time out on He-Man. I'm like, He-Man? You know, you got Skeletor, evil look and everything like yeah. that. So, so you can see where in that time frame at that time that anything that was different and was unacceptable, uh, people just didn't understand it and realizing that it's such a great a, a great craze, and that was the main thing. If D and D had had started off and had become just like ah, a game, like you know, it's not not everybody has it. Not a lot of people are watching it or using it. It probably would have got swept under the rug yes. because of the craze, because of the success of Dungeon Dungeon and Dragon. That's what turned people's heads. Like, why is really every toy? Toys are rust in places being sold out for this particular item. Why are people going after this game so hard? Why? We need to investigate and just thought of it in a negative light. So this is now you can see why, you know, Hollywood and like, oh, people are going after D&D. Let's make a movie about it. Lasers and monsters. And now everybody start losing their mind thinking, how can you do this? And yeah. <laughs> It just it's, went down the crazy pipe. That's it, it did. It did. And we're not going to get off topic. You know, but I mean, it's all part of the, the, the genre of what we're building to, right? So now they got the cartoon. The cartoons come out. The cartoon season one, big success. People are loving it. Yeah. And everyone's on board. The sales are going up. Now, there's a group of fans, and there's some people that love the cartoon who play yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, and there's others that don't that play Dungeons and Dragons. And that's okay. It's okay to disagree, but understand that the overall thing of what it was doing was saying, hey, here are these kids in the air quotes, real world, teleported into a fantasy world, 
And this is what they got to do. They got to do these quests to go forward. And they're not strong enough to fight Avenger uh, and Tiamat. Those, seem, those two are mortal enemies. They have to get stronger. And if you play Dungeons and Dragons or you play mm. any role-playing game, there's always that famous word, levels. What level is your character? So you got to start off and get a higher level and a higher level and a higher level. And every level you go up, you get a higher hit class, sorry, uh, hit points. You know, right. you're, you might be able to put points in your, your abilities to make you better. You might get certain magic. You might get an extra attack per round. Yeah. You, you get all this stuff as you yep. get from level zero, or, you know, because some places don't, some off. DMs use level zero and some don't. Everyone generally okay. starts with level one. And then you go up to what that cast class is. And once you make the max, then you just automatically keep progressing. But if you get to that max level, woo, you, you was a tank. So that's what it mm. was. These kids are in there. They are novice. They're level one. Let's just go with that. You know, they're going like level zero to one. Dungeon Master gives them the items. Away you go. And you'll find your way home. Now, throughout the series, each person has their own kind of thing. So you got Hank the Ranger, who is the natural-born leader of the group. Mm -hmm. And then you have, who he clashes with, is Eric the Cavalier. Now, Eric comes from a more posh family, so he's a little bit snobby. And he's always got to kind of check his, he doesn't want to be the hero, but at the same time, he wants to be the leader. But Hank is more mm -hmm. fearless, and and Eric is like, well, I'll just kind of defend myself because. Uh, so he has, they have their their characteristics do match their character classes, right? To a certain degree, Bobby, you know, he's nine years old, right? In this, I know they think he's nine, ten years old, uh, and he turns around, he's got a club, and he's running around saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna just start swigging first. You you get a, a nine year old upset, ten year old upset, they just want to fight. So that's Bobby. He he clearly fit the whole barbarian role, and everyone 100%. had their 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 strong points and and some of their weaknesses that go through so as we watch this you realize okay well in the cartoon and let's take it from the cartoon sense mm. they've transported over they've been there for days and days and weeks and months and time is passing by right. as they're going through these things and they meet other you know norm notable dungeons and dragon characters monsters or people would fit in that world i mean they ran into you know, or they totally thought they ran into, but let's just say they ran into Merlin. Yes, that Merlin from, you know, the round table, King Arthur and so okay. forth, who we mentioned before. They ran into uh, different character classes. So they ran into War Duke. Who, is he an evil fighter or is he an anti-paladin? Which could, you know, could be both because as a paladin, as a anti-paladin, you never see their faces because it could either be the person be very beautiful or they're extremely ugly. So he always had his face hidden because he always thought he had a grotesque face. Last War Duke, which we saw more of the character. They made some character classes. One sounded so cool called the Celestial Knight. I'm like, oh, okay, I want to see this one. But then you see like a beholder, you've seen dragons, you see um, you know, lizard men, and that was the one they fought the most. And these are characters that are classes or races that do exist within that world. Now, I think it was within that whole series, it was eight times they almost made it back home. One time. They made it, Rod. One time they made it back to Earth. And they were like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they got teleported back to the amusement park, the land of Dungeons and Dragons. They've been gone for, according to them, months. They made it back. And they looked and it's like, wait a minute, it's nighttime. So there they discovered that time passes differently in Dungeons and Dragons than it does on Earth. So where they're gone for months, it's only been maybe in, uh, two hours. A couple hours. Mm -hmm. Where the park was open and then the park is now closed. 
not two days later. It's still within the same day. Right. And then Venger makes it over, and he's like, ah, I'm going to you know, run rampant on Earth. And they're like, no, we got to learn back to the land of Dungeons and Dragons to save Earth. And they, they sacrifice themselves that way. And people are always saying, I had a discussion recently, why did Dungeon Master not just send them home? Fair question. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we will understand towards the end of it that he had his own, his own motive. Rah. The dungeon, 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 dungeon master always seemed to have his own criteria motives. But if you know the game, that's really is the, is, is the, is the mindset of the dungeon master. He's leading you on a quest. You yes. don't know what the quest is. The dungeon master knows. He already knows the beginning of end. You started here. I know where I want you guys to be. I'm going to take you along a path. We're going to go here and there to there. But I know at the end of the day, I need you guys at point B. Yes. So this is why I can understand why those who don't, you know, are not familiar with the game. But even then you're watching the game I mean, watching the cartoon and you're like, why won't they? Why won't he just send them home? You seem to love these kids like your own. Send them home. Send them Send home. Them home. Exactly. They're missing fries. They're missing their home fries. Send them home. I know what a hot dog is. Send them home. No, you want to keep them. I'm leery about you, Dungeon Master. I'm leery. <laughs> what are your motives? Exactly. And I think if they got that last episode out, mm-hmm. it would make sense. If it, they, mm-hmm. Maybe they recovered it earlier, it might make sense. But I understand they, they wrapped it up and it would have been nice if they allowed them to do that. The show got canceled before that last episode get out. CBS went, no, we're good. I'm like, one more episode would have made this the perfect full circle and, and opened up questions, which it does. So they go through, they, they've got their missions. There's times to get, it's like, hey, either we save this village or we go mm-hmm. home. But each time, Dungeon Master says, you're not strong enough yet. As a, you know, as a Dungeon Master, you, and here's beautiful, my favorite adventure I like to play in Dungeons and Dragons is called Temple of Elemental Evil. Your party arrives in this town. There's in the distance there's a broken down plot of land and castle and it's a keep and it's a guard a gateway into this temple and villagers are always saying, hey, no one goes there. That's pure evil. There's something wrong there. It's like pure evil that comes out of there. Things don't grow around there. We hear weird noises. We would love to take someone go in there and take care of this. You know, who's gonna be the brave adventurer? And you and your party have you know, eight people, you know, suggest a party of eight to ten people kind of thing. And you think that's a lot, but that that, that, that module is tough. And you walk in there at level one and you can walk out level eight or higher because you have to go in, come out, go in, come out, do floor by floor, sometimes a part of a room. It, it's just that tough. So you because you're not strong enough yet to deal with the final monster in there. And that that had some tough rooms in there. I remember it. I was Mr. I would play a paladin, a holy knight in the Temple of Elemental Evil. It's on. Oh, it was on. So um, when you get in there and you see that he's not, he's saying you're not strong enough yet, and you put it, Rod, he, he's, he, Dungeon Master, is, he, he does have his, his motive. Now, what I'll go back and say this about the series, and I thought it was genius, and I'll say this about the time. Time passes a little bit different, right? How many times to our listeners, our viewers, you are playing a video game, a role-playing game, whatever. 
And next thing you know, someone goes, oh, oh my gosh, look at the time. And you're like, wait a minute, we've done two rooms and you're trying to tell me three hours have gone by? Right. Because you lose track of time. When you're playing a video game, how many times as a parent, you walk in there and you tell your child, hey, you still play this game? And they look at like, oh my gosh, what time is it? I've been playing this this long. Or as a parent, maybe, who has your own game system and, and you're playing games or you remember playing games, you come across that same thing. You lose track of time. Meaning that you might think, oh, I've only, I've only been playing this game for an hour. And then you look at your watch or the, or the clock. And next thing you know, you're hearing, no, you've been playing this for four hours. Four hours later. Exactly. <laughs> four hours later. And so that, with the Dungeon Dragon going into another realm and time passing differently, that to me signified, of, yeah, when you're in Dungeons and Dragons in the, and you're playing the game, you don't realize how fast, how the time goes as opposed to reality. So I liked that was there. I think that was something that should have been called a long time ago. Now, we get down to it, and in the last episode, and I said, this is where the theory is about to come in, so hold on tight. In the last episode that was not aired that you could see on YouTube here, or you, if you're listening to it a podcast, you can always look it up. Finally, you find out what's going on. So they get stronger, they get stronger, they get stronger. Finally, the t- you know, they've had fights amongst themselves, amongst the team. Sometimes they, they split up, they get back together. One wants to stay behind and learn, and then they get back together. You know, as you were saying, Rod, it's about unity. And they get there to that last point and it turns around and they find out that Denger is Dungeon Master's son. Oh. Now we know Venger uh, has a sister who went evil, and but they really focus on Venger and you find out that's Dungeon Master's son. So Dungeon Master has a son and a daughter, but it really okay. focuses more on the son. And that's why I said there's still more story to tell. And they get there, there, there's the big fight out, the big fight. And instead of trying to destroy Venger, they realize, wait a minute, Dungeon Master, you're making us strong enough that we can fight him and try to bring him back to the side of light. Mm-hmm. Dungeon Master's whole goal was bringing these kids over to test them to see if they were worthy enough that they will not stray from the path to go to evil like his son did because his son was supposed to be his successor as a dungeon master because dungeon master wanted to retire. He he hit that age. But when he turned around and and started showing that to his son, his son got caught up with the evil of of the world and was tempted and the power of it and was tempted. And instead of wanting to be a dungeon master, he wanted to rule. And this is where his skin changed that pale white and he got the horn and, so he was working with a, a demon that kind of seduced him to the dark side, for mm. lack of a better word, I know. So the hair forth, Venger, that's where he came about. And they get into this little fight, a little fight, they get into a pretty big fight, and it's in the castle, a castle, and this guy opens a doorway finally to home. So with the fight breaks out, everything stops. They're able to destroy the horn on his head and 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 get him expunged, so to speak. And he finally realizes, like, hey, you know what? I should be good. I'm sorry, Dad. Here I am. I will carry on. And you see him. He changes back to a more of a human form. He has, like, black hair and a slick back, human complexion. He loses the fangs. And he gets an exact outfit like his dad, Dungeon Master. And he's taller, so he still has that, that, that height there. And he smiles. And the beauty of this, the, the voice actor for this, for this character was mm-hmm. Peter Cullen, who was the voice of Optimus mm-hmm. Prime. 
Let's go. Let's go. Right? He, that's, that's the voice of childhood right there. And he turns around, comes out, and says, okay, fine. And he's like, well, you know, and then as their final reward, Dungeon Master's like, thank you for saving my son. I know I've showed you the way home. Here it is. This is truly the way home. You won't be in the land of Dungeons and Dragons anymore. Go ahead. Thank you so much. You guys are true heroes. This was always your quest, not the little ones. It was through the day. Over time, it was building up your skill set, your character, and getting you ready for this moment. Mm -hmm. You can go home. And the whole party turns around and says, finally, back home. Can't wait to see my parents, my friends, hot dogs and hamburgers, my favorite eateries, so forth like that. And they're stepping through. And then Presto says, hey, it's been real, but I'm going to stay. And it's a heartfelt moment. Goodbye. Presto was always insecure. He felt like he didn't fit in. He felt in the land of Dungeons and Dragons, that was his calling, that he can merely make a difference there than going back to the reality of being the geeky bullied person he, there he he was making a difference and he wasn't going back home and they try to convince him saying we all came together we all come home together and you know sheila was like look i gotta get bobby back home to my parents uh you know hank is like i gotta get home you know eric is like oh i'm going home no matter what man you want to stay um diane uh, all of them so they they gave their goodbyes and it kind of wraps up nicely because the whole time they had uni the unicorn so they couldn't bring uni back to our world mm-hmm. so at this point uni stays with presto presto wants to become a a really good great magic user mm-hmm. and that's where he felt that he belonged and he goes if i have to come back i can come and visit one time but you know that it's kind of implied but it's not really vocalized right and dungeon master's like hey okay no problem that's what you want to do i'll make sure that he's taken care of and that's how they end that last episode. So it's bittersweet that they finally get home. But when they get home, once again, not much time has passed by. No. The, the amusement park, I think, is just opening. So they, it looked like they just pulled an all-nighter. So did they get home and probably were happy they got home? Yeah. Uh, they, did they probably get grounded for being out all night past curfew, probably? Making their parents yeah. worry because there's no cell phones. Mm-hmm. And these kids were 14. All of them like 14, right? Uh, and I'll say this because there's an IDW comic book that's out right now called Dungeons and Dragons talking about their adventures. And it says all their ages. And it put them all at 14 with one of them being 15 and Bobby being 9. Right? So they're making that. And it's continuing from the cartoon left off, but with, minus right. the last episode. They're, they're acting like the last episode never, never. the unaired episode never happened. So it was a, a divergent in the timeline. So here's here's my thing. So Presto stays. Let's let's go with this one, right? Mm-hmm. Presto stays. Those right. kids ain't going back, right? For the time mm-hmm. being. We I don't want to go. Right, no, no. Right. One, that was that was a really heart-wrenching episode. Mm-hmm. And two, what did a kid say to, about Presto to his parents? Very, very good question. Because they're all friends. You know, someone had to take the initiative to go. So I can see. I could see everybody, minus Eric, going to Presto's house and saying, Mrs. Presto, Hank will take the lead. Um, Presto, we had an adventure. We were away. Um, and we, we've gone to another land. Okay, 
you're gone a little delusional. Maybe the, the sun got you while you guys were at, at Six Flags. It's yeah. okay. You had a little sunstroke. Where's my son? Where's my son? And then you have to break it down. It's now, that is part, part of the question or part of the statement. They mention it to Presto's parents. The reality starts to kick in. My kids run away or someone kid my, kidnapped my kid. That's a reality conversation that you'd be like saying, how, how do they, how do, how does, how do they cope with now the authorities now coming into play? Okay. Yes. You guys were the last ones to see this individual. Yes. Young Preston, young Preston was, was uh, with you guys uh, yesterday at, at the park. Tell us what happened. You guys arrived there at nine o'clock. Okay. So tell me what happened. what did you guys do? You know, we start pulling some castle, you know, put you in the, put you in the, in the, in, in the, in the examining room and like, okay, nice on you. So you were out there uh, two days ago. Where's Presto? What happened? Talk to me about it. And then everybody goes into a story, starts separating the kids, and then you start hearing, okay, so, all right, Bobby, you're the youngest. Tell me what happened. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, 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 you know, we'll get you some candy, get you a burger, and everything like that. I think he's going to say something different. He starts talking about, well, I left my, my unicorn back. Your unicorn? I was a, barba a barbarian. What are you talking about? We had adventure adventures. The son got to the boy. The son got to the man, the little right. one. Let's go to his sister. And then everybody starts telling similar stories. This is where it's going to get very interesting. How do you, how, how does someone try to defy, not defy, but how does someone try to distinguish what's real and what's fiction coming from these kids' voice when they're saying something so similar? What are you guys talking about? And your exactly. stories are very detailed. So, yeah, it would be a very interesting um, way to segue back into the real life of, of the show. Okay, this is what really happens. Let's talk about it. Right, because first of all, then I'll, I'll say this. They come back, they come back in their normal, once they walk through that portal, they come back in street clothes. Back they don't have they the have magical weapons and gear and items that they were using because it was left in the mm -hmm. land of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. So they have none of that to show. Um, they have nothing to show but their story. And they know they're telling the truth. But as an adult, are you really going to want to hear that your kid is in a different dimension from other kids that are 14? It's like you're letting your imagination run wild. Right. And the only sliver of a chance saving grace for mm -hmm. them would be the time they came, came over and mm -hmm. Venger came through. What I mean by that is thinking that, yep. Right? At a at an amusement park, at a very big amusement park, you'll have security cameras. Mm -hmm. Did the security camera pick any of that up to see Venger on his flying horse, his flying nightmare, and say, oh, that ain't part of the ride? Because it came over to, and it was and it was after hours when it was closed. Oh, Did the security guard thing? see something and think, if I tell somebody what I just saw. No one's gonna believe me. Right. Right? I'm gonna lose my job, and that's it. No, they're no, gonna think, no exactly. They're gonna think I was on something. Who yeah. who's gonna believe them? You know. And you brought up a good point in the sense of the time dilation of that, because yes, they came back over, and when they came back over, it was a nighttime. So we're going to, we're going to 
go with the assumption that this was all overnight. So yeah. the so the twelve the twelve hours from the time they left because they left during the day, or at least they left when there was light. So yes. we will say, let's just be nice and say it's evening time. Maybe it's like six o'clock. You still have some sunlight. Eight, six to eight, whatever the case be, that happened. And then later on at night, you know, in our world, one o'clock in the morning, portal open, and you see this guy in a red and a red cloak, you know, flying this Pegasus, you know, black nightmare, flying through the air, spitting fire. Like, what? 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 We didn't see nothing, right? No, we didn't, we didn't see nothing. Um, um. Everything's okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put out the fire over there by uh by the Whirly Burl game. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just say we just say um some technical difficulties and spark the fire and we put it out. Everything's good. Back back, you know, write up a little report. Um yeah. The system exploded. We saw it on camera. No, we didn't see it on camera. Scratch that. Right. Yeah, of course, because this was like if it was me and you working security and we saw this come through, oh, we were looking at each other going, Did you see what I just saw? Yep. I see nothing. Are you gonna write a report about it? Nope. Nope. Did nope. anything get destroyed or blown up? Nope. Uh, we gonna leave it as is. Anything happened during your shift, Carter and Carter? Nope. Nope. <laughs> and we go no, on some... talk to each other going, I can't believe what I saw, but who's gonna believe us? Exactly. Exactly. And there's no proof unless it's caught on film. So I, I've always thought it would be interesting in the sense of, you know, it's kind of bringing back the recollection now that after this final episode, they come back, whatever the case would be. Then they have a mysterious figure who walks in up to the door a couple of months later. Can um, we say months later? Because of time dilation is different and everything. Right. Like so that. for them, it may be days later. Right. We'll say days later. We'll say days later type of scenario. All you see is this young, this, 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 this older gentleman, short older gentleman come knocking your door with a nice big rim hat. And you look up and I say, Dungeon Master? Yes, Cavalier. Let me, Petro's okay, whatever the case to be. But he'll be the only proof that something actually happened. And then they say, saying, look, look, this is the guy we were with. Please come to the door. Dungeon Master gone. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you see, and I was gonna go a step further. Maybe instead of it being Dungeon Master, maybe him Presto sitting there might say, "Hey, I miss my well, friends." That's thing. Yeah, and my family. I, I should at least tell them I'm okay. So mm. he might be there for you know what could be his time, you know, accelerated time. Us, it could be like two days. It could be. It could be if they were gone twelve hours and they had that much adventures in twelve hours. Can you imagine if he was gone a week? Our time or two weeks right. our time. So when he comes back, he's a grown man. Right. About right? I'm not sure if he's still gonna grow the same way, if time's gonna affect him while he's there, and he's gonna age according to the world he's in, and then come back, and then when he comes back, he's an older man. Like I mean, I say he could be in his twenties. So he can come back and be like you know, to him he might age ten years. So he might come back at twenty four. He'll mm-hmm. go back and it's like, Hey Eric, hey Hank. There's like I hear Hey Eric, hey Hank. And it's like, Who's this guy that knows us? Like we're fourteen year old. This man is calling out our name. This young, this young man. Wait a minute. He looks like Presto's dad. It's like, wait a minute. No, no, it's not my dad. It's me, Presto. Dude, what happened? Well, I, I stayed an extra. You know, I was there a couple of years. Dude, you're only been gone a week or a time. Oh, yeah, I know. And I said, like, age. This is what I look like now. Um, I gotta go and talk to my mom and dad. And then him yeah. coming back would be proof that hey, he disappeared, looking one age, and he came back looking 10 years older but the whole time 
his friends were in the hot seat for that. So th- th- that's that's one of my theories. Can, can well, that happen? Definitely. And you know what? The segue of that, we've seen that before. Uh-huh. Flight of the Navigator. Yes. Yes. Flight yes. of the Navigator was that exact temp- template of someone jump, you know, future jumping in a sense, like 10 years. And basically, he was still looking like a young man. So we'll do that reverse. So, yep, Flighty Navigator was it was just basically the same 80s. Oh, I thought I loved the stories in the 80s. Of course. Of course. They didn't reboot everything. They just did it. So, and, that's, and, there's, and that's one of my theories. Like, okay, does he? So do you, you know, I don't know if anyone listening and watching, did you prefer the ending where they were just how, they, how the series ended on TV, where they were still trapped in the land of Dungeons and Dragons? Or do you like the ending where they all came home except for Presto, who stayed there, and what happened to him since then, right? Because what was happening in the real world, Presto was having his own adventures. And Dungeon Master always seemed to always show up and disappear, show up and disappear. So were they other people? Because if Dungeon Master brought in that group of kids, did he bring in other people from, let's say, Earth? Same realm, yep. Same realm, Earth realm, into the land of Dungeons and Dragons? to deal with, you know, um, like how there's different teams of Power Rangers, even though they didn't act at the same time. At the Mm -hmm. beginning, one team always handed the baton off to another team. But maybe Dungeon Master, as a Dungeon Master, you can run more than one party. So was Dungeon Master running another couple of parties of different people at the same time that when they all came back to Earth, that, you know, it's like, hey, well, you know, we're we're American. And it's like, oh, look, there's some kids from Canada. There's some kids from Japan. There's some kids... From China, hundred percent, hundred percent. That all went over, and when they they can do their own convention of saying, "Yeah, no one believed us, but I was there. I was this character class. I was this character class." Yeah, we all dealt with Dungeon Master. You know, some of us failed in our mission. Some of us decided maybe to stay there. Some of us turned evil and wanted to join Venger. Listen, maybe I will. Ward I will. Duke was from Earth. <laughs> well, listen, I will. I will definitely agree with that because listen, if you gotta, if you're going to. Dungeon Master is pulling this party in. Yeah. To help save his son. Right. And you're absolutely correct. He could have been many times you see him talking to our our party and then mm-hmm. disappear. He can go to someone else. Now, if Dungeon Master is thinking, hopefully he understands, maybe there's maybe there's a there's um not like a, a tablet, but you know, there's a there's a tale of visitors from another realm. Who was built to lighten the darkness at, at a certain darkest time? So maybe he realized, well, let me get a couple of different parties. They uh-huh. don't know about each other, and he's just going that. Hopefully, one of the five parties is going to help save my son, and that's it. So Preach. we just happen to watch. We just happen to have watched the the North American team, Team North America, <laughs> to to save Avenger uh, and turn him back into. Dragon, uh, Dungeon Master's son. Now, if that's the case, Dungeon Master now can just say, "You guys, great, thank you for being my son. Cool, cool, cool. You're on your way. The rest of you here? Okay, listen, I'll be right back. Um, I got something else to do. And before Presto Dormer, you know, do the old Batman kind of was there. Yeah. Now he's not there. Disappear. Dungeon Master comes now to Team Canada or someone else like saying, "Listen, we're good. Thank you." Here's your way to go home. But, 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 but. And even then, most times, depending, you won't know until the very end that your quest is done. So yes. for whatever adventure each other team could have been doing, 
Dungeon Master could have said, thank you. Thank you, young ones. Thank you for helping me. Your quest is, is fulfilled. You have saved the land again. Let me send you open a portal back to your world. Are you sure? We're good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Zoom. And these kids thinking that they've done well, not knowing that, you know, Team America saved the world again. America. Okay, we're good. So um, I'm going to take that one step even further, just like a random yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. We know at one point they introduced Avengers' sister, Dungeon Master's daughter. So to right. your point, Rod, one team might have been taking care of Avenger. Mm-hmm. Another team from another part of the world could have been taking care of battling his sister. Yep. Trying to do the exact same thing. Don't know how many other kids he had. So that, that to me is two teams, you know, operating the same method of operation, but maybe differently. Maybe, maybe they don't have a, a cavalier. Maybe they have a, a paladin and maybe they have okay. a bard and maybe they have a druid. Uh, okay. Cause there's so many more character classes that we haven't even 100%. discussed yet. Right. So it goes on. Maybe they have a duelist, right? And if you think what the duelist, a duelist is a Zoro character. If you remember Zoro, Zoro would be considered a duelist. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of them is a monk, which would be, in, and once again, for our listeners, if you're not familiar, a monk in Dungeons and Dragons is a martial artist, not seen as a monk, you know, walking around. Um, a fire you know, just, type of thing. silence. Not, yeah, not a fire. And Shaolin monk. There we go. Mm-hmm. So there, there could be other character classes out there, one dealing with a sister, one dealing with a son. Shoot, let's turn around. Maybe, maybe Dungeon Master, you can't have kids without a significant other. So he had to have a wife, uh, a girlfriend. Uh, they had to have a mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying the mother's evil, but maybe she's got her own quest. So maybe Dungeon Master is dealing with the kids with a son. Maybe his wife has brought in another team uh, to deal with the daughter. The daughter. Okay, okay, okay. All right. There's a lot of possibilities. So there's a lot of possibilities. You can right? even see, like, as an example, even in season two, um, uh, number 14, season two, right. there was uh, our episode one, season two. There's a chance where they actually, the kids meet uh, an individual by the name of Terry, a lost child like themselves, who is also a clairvoyant who can dream the future. So this is now saying Dungeon Master is pulling people from different parts of the world to achieve his particular quest. And, you know, as an example for what we're saying, like, the possibilities, so actually, the possibilities actually is there. The possibilities that. are there. See, and and I like that ending where it would add more storytelling that can still carry on, right? What mm-hmm. they actually do get home instead of being left there. I know that's it. The IDW comic t- takes off um, when they're still there, and that last mm-hmm. episode never happened. Now, the reason I mention this is because now there's still two ways to go about it. So we got left, they get home, Presto stays, mm-hmm. right? They never make it back home. And now let's bring it back to the Dungeon and Dragon movie that just came out with Chris Pine and, and the rest of the cast that were in that movie, right? That's mm-hmm. just more of a recent movie. These characters from the cartoon mm. have a cameo in it. So let me backtrack for half a second. First live action cameo of the Dungeons and Dragon characters was a car commercial over in Australia. Right. And they're fighting Venger and Dungeon Master's there and they have all of them live action dressed up and they have to make an escape and they all jump in this little hatchback car and they drive away. And that's a commercial that they did overseas. I, be- I believe it was an Australian commercial, but it looked the characters, the, the down to the weapons, the costumes, the actors they selected were dead on fan casting 
mm-hmm. for that commercial. Yep. Yeah. So now, okay, I know that was a car commercial, but that made me excited to saying, hey, maybe we can do something live action. And then the live action movie comes out and they got characters that didn't look exactly like the, you know, the, what we remember in the Saturday morning cartoon, but you can recognize them by their, uh, their outfits. So they make two appearances, if I remember right, near the end of the Dungeon and Dragon movie where they have to do a competition going through a maze. You see them there first in the background. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, Chris Pine and, and the rest of the team are running around doing their thing, they see these group of adventurers trapped inside of a cage. It's inside of the maze and it's all those characters. The only difference is, they are older. So mm-hmm. Eric, you know, I, I, you know, if you look at Eric, Eric's got a more of a darker hue to his skin. So, you know, Eric the Cavalier. So was he, did they make him Hispanic? Did they make him um, Muslim, Indian? And I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it, it, that's how he looked. Bobby was the one, that, if you if you see it, take, pay attention to the actor that's playing Bobby. Bobby, height-wise, makes sense for the rest of the party. He's shorter than the rest of them. But when they zoom in, Bobby doesn't look like a nine-year-old, ten-year-old. Bobby looks like a man. Bobby, he's got the structure of a man. He's got the physical, you know, he's buff as a man now, as a barbarian, mm-hmm. which got me thinking, what happened? And that's going with, let's say, the left way. They get home. They're doing their thing. Presto comes for them instead of Dungeon Master saying, hey, guys, I need you to come back and help me with something here. And he brings them back in time to time for certain adventures. So they've aged naturally on Earth Realm. Mm-hmm. And he brings them back in to help out with certain adventures that, you know, just like Power Rangers get called on to fight the good fight, they get called in to fight the good fight in the Dungeons & Dragon movie. So this is why Bobby looks older. This is why all of them look older at this point. But they understand that world very well. So they get their their looks back to get their weapons back and they go forward continuing from the level you're at. Right. Right. So that's one way, uh, which I'd like to think is, is, you know, I, I'm leaning more that side. Now on the right way, the, the right hand side, it's more the, they never left mm-hmm. and they've aged. They've been there that long that they've aged. And, and to me, I find that a little bit more sad because that means dungeon master never got them home. Right. You know, Venger is still running around. Even maybe they defeated Venger, but they've never got home. So Dungeon Master is still kind of playing games with them, which is, it seems a little bit sadistic because mm-hmm. they've not seen their loved ones, their friends, right? And they've been yeah. stuck there the whole time. It, it's going to almost cause mental, you know, it's a mental health issue as I look at it because you're going to be depressed. You're yanked and kidnapped away from where you're. It's like a Stockholm syndrome. You've been kidnapped. Hmm. You've been promised to get home. Never got this home. Is the same. This is the thing. Right. Uh, any, so I any, hope any they light got of, home and then came back. Completely. I would just say any 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 thought, any sliver of hope keeps getting diminished every few months. Now it turns into years. Now, yes, that's just, this is where it's great that they're among themselves. They've they basically tightened their bond. They've they, they've tightened their bond for their party. But knowing that they they accepted the fact that they're not going home. That's a painful thing to feel that a dungeon master really did that. So I would like it like you. I would definitely like it that they did make it home. Mm-hmm. I have, I have again, uh, other theories of you talking about having Presto come, come back and pulls mm-hmm. them in. Uh, I would, I would have Venger, who is now the new du- uh, dungeon master. Right. Something happens in the realm and he has to now bring in a new 
set of warriors, a new set, a new team, and bring them in. So we can at least show some type of reference to yeah. the cartoon that we knew and at least say he makes reference. My father had pulled in uh, six, six, um, six individuals from your world to help him on a quest, a quest to save me. I now need to call upon the Earth realm again. And I've chosen you six, bam, and bring them in. That to me would be, to me, how we can extend the storyline right now. Not a reboot. This no, is no, no, not a reboot. Because extending on the on continuum of the story that we've grown up, and literally, this is where you can segue off. Maybe they'll even make a little clip and show those individuals that we saw in Dungeon and, Dungeon and Dragon, the movie, and actually gave them a portal home. Let's close up that storyline and give them an opportunity to go home. And then something happens later that you need to come with a new set of individuals. Absolutely. Uh, it would be, as I call it, the, uh, as I refer to everything now, Picard season three, right? Let those characters get home. You want to have a legacy going on. You want to start new adventures in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. And what I like is I said in the IW, uh, IDW comic book, they turn around and they actually say, okay, it was not the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. They're in forgotten realms. And if you read mm -hmm. issue number one, they, they're going to known places. So they're going forgotten realms which everyone knows. And if you're in Forgotten Realms, that opens you up to running into a lot other characters. So if you are into the Crystal Shard characters, that's Dritz Duanderin and Broner the Dwarf and, and the rest of them, Cadabri, uh, oh. you're, you're into all those characters. They are in that Forgotten Realms world. Mm. That's where they start off from. They, everyone in, in, you know, converges at one point in Waterdeep. The Waterdeep is probably the most popular city in Forgotten Realms, Dungeons and Dragons. And those characters end up in Waterdeep. So, we know the movie put the characters through Waterdeep. D&D, mm -hmm. IDW saying, oh, the characters are going to be Waterdeep. Forgotten Realms. So there's a lot of crisscross over applesauce, here we go, that can happen. Uh, to your point, I would bring in some of the original characters as segues. I would probably mm -hmm. keep Uni in the series, but age oh. Uni, so Uni's no more a baby. And then new characters are teaming up with Uni to continue on. And maybe, as I said, the, the the new dungeon master, Venger, would be who is the new dungeon master would say, Hey, well look, guys, you know, bring in the old team. You know, these were the individuals before. Hey guys, you know what? Maybe my dad's at that time. He's about to pass on to another mm. come and say your goodbyes. Something happens. Dang it, that other team never was able to stop my sister. I'm gonna go I need a new team right. to guide you guys, like how you help me to stop my sister. And right. by the way, don't worry, this time we're bringing in some backup. I'm getting mom. <laughs> let's let's say let's even take it to another level. Do it. Venger comes back and he finds all the original, all the visual ones. Now they're older and realizing like, um, you helped my father. I need I need another I need another set. What are your children doing? Yeah. Have any kids? Have any kids? Because at this point now, you will have the children who. I'm sure every each of the five that returns yes have 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 relayed that story, probably saying it that it's real life what happened, but you realize your children will not accept it, so you have to say it in a tale, you have to say it in a story, so your kids now their kids will be thinking like, oh, that's a story my dad has been telling me all this time oh i can I can tell you oh the amount of story you told me, oh, I just look he's been writing a book about that right uh, see that's what I'm gonna know, say. 
they all come back together, realizing let's just even be even more, let's be more very fine tuned and just say, hey, they came back to a world that doesn't have Dungeon and Dragon. Let's just say they come back to Earth Realm and there's no actual toy, game, anything but Dungeon right. and Dragon. They now get older and realizing, you know, this, you know, the adventures we've been through, you know, that um, they're talking about with drift and stuff like that. I think we should put all our stories together and make a business out of that called the Dungeon and Dragon. I'm just saying that would be hilarious if they did that. Now they're, you know, they're feeding off, living off the calf of the adventures. And now Avenger comes back like saying, you're needed again. Listen, I'm old. I'm about killing. I can't do that stuff like I could anymore. Um, but my kids, healthy and strong. <laughs> so hold on, let me get it straight. So you're trying to say that these guys go take over as kids, go to land of Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms, live all these adventures, then come back. Dungeons and Dragons doesn't exist here. And they turn around and make a company and start. So you're trying to say that could possibly that Gary Garrix, who created Dungeons and Dragons, one of the founders of Dungeons and Dragons, might have lived this in a different dimension, came back here, and then turned his adventures into a game, into TV series, into movies, and into just playing it out. And it's almost like a full circle. There we go. There we go. <laughs> this, 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 you know, as the close, you know, the, the NDA, he can't, he can't speak. Right, right. He can't, that, he can't, can't, make, make he can't accept. Is, it, is he, is he, he, you know, Gary and Aaron. So who's, who's the Cavalier and which one's the Ranger? Listen, we don't know. We, you know, he can't deny or approve what has happened. I'm just saying that I made an item in in the in the early seventies mm-hmm. and um something could mm-hmm. have happened. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Okay. That, we'll something just, could we'll have happened. Just leave it at that. Something, something could have happened. happened. Okay, okay. So so we're we're going off of that that uh yeah, all right. So he could have been Gary Garrick's and his partner, uh as I uh, as I um could have been the the you know the original. Right. Right, right. Ooh, we all right then. Well, I like how this episode goes. So let us know what you think of Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone listening and watching, were you a fan of it? Did you play it? Did you play basic, advanced? Are you are you playing the fifth edition right now? Are you ready for the new rules? What do you like? Don't like? Let us know. Uh, and 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 did you play other? tabletop role-playing games i know i played mm. a lot of them so i i mean i got brought in with dungeons and dragons and then of course how my mind goes i like the future stuff so i played gamma world i played traveler i played top secret you know out of those ones on the side and there was um uh oh my god not boot uh not boot i'm saying bootleg but it's not bootleg it was it was a cowboy one i'm forgetting my once again my name is going i know this hero quest that's very popular i still have that board game but it was one on uh, was it boot? Not boot. Boot. Boot Hill. Thank you. Boot Hill was a role playing, very popular, Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing, like fantasy role playing with dice and stats and so forth like that. But you're playing. You're a cowboy. I don't want to be a cowboy. Mama, don't let your sons grow up to be cowboys. cowboys. Unless they're playing a tabletop game, then no one gets hurt because there's no bull. You know, if you're bull riding, just gotta make sure you don't roll a one. Don't roll the one. Sweet. Any last words, Rod? What about you, man? Did you play um, any of the other role-playing games by chance? You know what? I I will admit I did not. Um, I know my introduction was to well, role-playing you with you and everything like that. I had a life. You're hilarious. I wish I was a shut-in. I was the next shut-in in the next room. Excuse uh, <laughs> me, the books. I'll just read. And I just read. That's it. Um, but no, I didn't play any other type of role-playing games. Um. But I mean, listen, 
we know that that particular realm is there. The love for that is is horrendous. It's like having the opportunity to just, you know, let your imagination grow and let your imagination go and just have fun with that. Listen, this it's it's a great it's a great tool. It's a great game. And I'm happy to have been introduced to it. I'm happy that I've I'm nerd enough to understand what it is and realize that, oh, right. yeah, you can have fun with that. And then I can still relate to it in my later years. And I can understand, like, yeah, that's fun. So, again, when the movie came out, yes, they had some other Dungeon & Dragon movies beforehand. But I will yeah. admit, this latest interaction is very um, very close to what what was there. Like, what you know, what you expect. Having a bard. It made me have, honestly, I'll even say this. Hmm. Having the bard who was the the strategist. Yes. It gave me a new appreciation for a bard. I won't lie. It gave me a new appreciation for a bard. I again I don't play that often, so maybe that's part of his, you know, part of his criteria to be. Could but be. I didn't think I didn't think of that beforehand until I watched this movie and I was like thinking, Okay, you're the strategist. You're just not playing you're not just strumming strumming strings and just taking notes and being like the, the note taker for all the adventures. Mm-hmm. No no you you actually have a you have a head on your shoulder. Okay. Yeah, nice. absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you're fans of this genre or you're curious about it, I mean, obviously you can always find a bunch of videos uh, or podcasts to talk about it. Um, you know, there's, there's good cartoons out there that ra- I'll wrap this up with. So one of my favorite cartoons, I think it was closest to the genre of Dungeons and Dragons was called record of the Lotus war. If you get that anime record of the Lotus war, I, I actually own it beautifully drawn really well done and represents all the character classes in there down to their traits and their personalities. So that's one. And then of course, critical role did a uh, Vox McKenna that you can find seasons one and two on Amazon. Those are ones to watch. Uh, and then it, it, Rod's looking it up right now, record of the Lotus yeah. war. So yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for that one. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's sick. It's sick. Um, you know, that's, that's for sure. And then of course, check out Ari Salvatore. He did the whole crystal shard. Uh, and drifts to under and he brings that character in and it's going like 20 something books still going strong with his character and now it's got legacy characters coming about and of course the cleric quintet also by uh ari salvatore where it's got a monk a cleric in there and it, it's really nice adventures a lot of fun with a druid so you get a good understanding with those novels he paints a really good picture um he, he takes a little bit slow to start the beginning of these books to kind of really set the, and build the world, but then the action and the humor and and how everything just plays out in the characteristics are really well done. So the world building he does at the beginning is really well worth it. Enjoy those books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to your point, Rod, I'll say this. The Bard character, depending how it is, all the characters always get updated year after year after year. So if right. you started off with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, like the first edition, and you look at a Bard character, a Bard had to be a multi-class character. Before you were able to be a Bard, you had to be like a certain level fighter you had to be a certain level thief uh and i think a certain level magic user right not high up okay and then you can get into the bard class so a bard was almost a tank so by the time you start off and you're like a bard level one you're already like a level eight fighter a level six thief a level four magic user so you have all those attributes and then you become a bard they've changed that since then but the bard character is more than strumming um just a few notes but they they do have their 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 moments on that and then, of course, if you read uh, Dungeon Magazine or Dragon, sorry, Dragon Magazine, they always came up with new character classes in there. So that's where you got the Beastmaster, like henceforth, like the movie. You got the mm-hmm. Archer, right, which was a Ranger Archer, which was like a Robin Hood character. Um, you got the Duelist, who was a Zoro character. 
You got a, you know, uh, anything you saw, like a Tarzan character, all those character classes were always represented once something came out. So that's why I said the the imagination keeps going. The influence is there. It's absolutely beautiful. And you you just got to enjoy it. So let us know what you think about our fan theories. Mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon characters and what happened to them and where they could be or why they came back, didn't come back. And if you want to see more, I know I want to see more. Not a reboot, a continuation, yeah. because I don't think you got to redo anything. I just need to know definite ending. Was that last ending where they get home canon? Or did they not get home as a part of how IDW is doing it? So which ending would you like? That's our point. Once again, thank you for tuning into the Iconist podcast. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, share, review, the whole nine yards. Don't let the show be unknown for too long. And please, check out our community tabs. Sign up and check our community tab on YouTube and really um, let us know. Put put your votes in there so we can know which way you're leaning. Some people have voted, and we thank you for those who've done it already. And those that haven't, jump on board. Not too late. We're going to have more coming up there for this, kind of rehashing some of our past episodes and really get those voting there because we want to interact with you and uh, let us know. And on that note, this whole world was created with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Don't roll a one. Keep on dreaming. This is the Iconic Podcast. We're out. Let's go. Christmas 18. Woo!